Hello there, it's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad, and with me as always, he's our own crown prince of crime, it's Anthony James. <laughs> Hello, Conrad. Hello. Just, I've just put all my knives in a very neat row, ready to start yeah. talking to you. Yeah, you've got your damaged tattoo on your forehead, and you sent a soiled condom to Margot Robbie. Well, I didn't uh, do that. I didn't do that. Um, from 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 my mouth to God's ears. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't quite know what I meant by that. To be Miss honest, Scoozy. Was, Miss Scoozy. <laughs> That's what he said. He was getting in the, when he did that. He was already getting in the character of uh, <laughs> what is his name again? The Joker. No, what? You, who was he in that uh, Armani film or? What oh, uh, Gucci oh, film, fa- Armani film. Armani, yeah. Paolo Gucci, racist to Italians. Paolo, Gucci. Um, Paolo Gucci, yeah. Um, yeah. So a whole no. Uh, what we've done here is we've just crossed the streams of about three different movies. So you're doing the Muscusi <laughs> thing, which I believe is a reference to the Eurotrip. The hit, yeah, the hit gross-out comedy of 2002, <laughs> I want to say, called like Road that, yeah. Trip or Euro Trip, rather yeah, not yeah, Road Euro Trip, Trip, which I'm gonna I'm gonna charitably say maybe 10% of the people listening to this have seen because it's quite an old movie. So we've we've narrowed our audience down with that, uh, and then and then what we're doing is we're intersecting that audience in the Venn diagram of uh, of Jared Leto fans to see who gets that joke, and it's probably going to be about three people, and to those three people. <laughs> You're welcome. Conrad uh, doesn't know that Jared Leto and me. <laughs> you get another another swing. Let's see who gets that one. It's from the same movie, so we're, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're dipping into the same pool. Yeah. <laughs> and that was as that. sung by Matt Damon. Three times I've done it. Three. <laughs> yeah, a great song, a great song, and a great cameo. Um, hello and welcome to the best movie podcast ever. We normally, I suppose, we are talking about movies. Really, I was going to apologise for the for the the, yeah. the non movie related preamble, but it's all related. And look at us. That's movie. That's movie preamble. We were just given them. Jeez. Exactly. That was. You're welcome. That was organic. <laughs> banter organic movie banter yeah. you're we welcome that's four movies we've mentioned so far lovely lovely stuff uh from from euro trip to batman to house of gucci to maui and that movie that he's in moana uh, moana <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the one um without further ado and before we get more distracted i say let's talk about some gosh darn movies what do you say let's continue to do so <laughs> <laughs> Movies. After the title card come the movies. Here we are. Is it, does the title card go there? I can't actually remember. Uh, well, there is a title card there, yeah, but it's also at the very beginning, so it's kind of just like a break. It's, it's been a long time since I've watched one of the video versions of our podcast. I am a subscriber. I'm a subscriber. <laughs> I'm a subscriber to Facebook. But you're not a subscriber to the 1899 content. You stay away from that, Conrad. No, I've kept myself well away from that, uh, much to my own chagrin. Uh, but I am a subscriber to the best movie podcast ever, as you should be too. But I mean, you're here, so you probably are anyway. So thanks. Yeah. Um, we're here to continue our odyssey through the world of Batman. Uh, we've done we done did all the Joel Schumacher and Tim Burton ones. We've done two of the Christopher Nolan ones, and we're yep. back again this week to talk about the dark knight rises and i think it's fair to say coming into this movie that the dark knight rises had a big act to follow <laughs> yeah the the uh, expectation was through the roof on this one i i would even say the expectation was even higher than the last one even though mm. they had the whole heath ledger wrap-up thing i'm not gonna lie to you conrad i may have 
on a holiday to France with uh, my wife's family when I was like 18 at this time. Set 19 maybe? I wasn't married at the time. But me and my wife's younger brother, my brother-in-law <laughs> now, watched... We shared a room on the holiday in France. We watched The Dark Knight every day for the 10-day holiday when we went to bed. No matter what time it was, we started... Maybe we, sometimes we were, we were falling asleep to it. But we watched it every single day in preparation of coming home from that holiday and going to see this in the cinema. And you know what? If my brother-in-law is listening to me, I don't forget... All right. I know you were only 14, 13, 14 years old, but you went to see it with your friends the day after we got back, and that has hurt me to this day. What? Well, and you weren't invited? I wasn't invited. Well, that's that's outrageous. That is. Come I would have thought that uh, that's a that's a, a bond of stronger than than brotherhood that you formed over that ten day period. That yeah. c- fucking crucible of watching yeah. The Dark Knight every every day for ten days. That's. 30 well it's actually it's yeah. probably a bit over 30 i'm not sure exactly how long it is but around about 30 hours you've spent together um, well yes exactly and the thing is what really hurts me and i'm gonna say it to him to the camera here dan where's those friends now <laughs> you've been called out dan yeah. you've been called out you chose the wrong horse there boy you you, you <laughs> ran away with your so-called friends to watch the dark knight rises and look at where it brought you right back to me but that's all right um, I, I got to go there with Ema, so we, we enjoyed it i think we went to, i think i saw the cinema like three times maybe so, so okay that was the next thing i was going to ask you because this is the first time i've seen this movie since i saw it in the cinema same back with in me two- mm. did i see it with you no, but you no. It's the same with me. I haven't seen it. Since oh, the so. same with you. Sorry. Um, we saw Interstellar, which was one of his. Next yeah, it was Interstellar. Moment. We saw together. That's right. Um, yeah. So I I did not remember this that well. I only saw it the once. Um, my my I, I I had fond memories of it. Did did you kind of do you remember enjoying it at the time? I yeah I do. I I I think you know. Let's get it out of the way right now, so we don't have to keep mentioning it. It's it's not the film that The Dark Knight is. Um, no, you know, but. I'd say not even close, to be honest, but it's still good. Yeah, yeah, it's still good. I, I think I really, I really enjoy this film. I think, I think that I like the story they told. I like how they put effort into linking it back to the first one, and mm. then obviously the link from the from the second one through the Harvey Dent uh, aspect of the film. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it tied together a trilogy really well. Yeah, yeah, uh, and like, I think it's to its its credit and to Nolan's credit um, that it does so because. I think a lot of people look at this movie and I can understand why they do it and they say this is kind of the beginning of Nolan losing it a little bit. Like up until this point, he'd pretty much strong not disagree. Made... <laughs> well, we know, yeah, we know your stance on yeah. on Christopher Nolan. Christopher can do no wrong, Nolan. Um, not true. But he, up until this point, I think it's probably fair to say that he'd not made a bad movie. He'd he'd made movies of varying quality but most of them had been of a really high standard i think um mm-hmm. and uh with with the prestige and dark knight immediately oh, preceding yeah, this he was he was absolutely cooking as a director yeah. um and he didn't actually want to do a trilogy he wanted to end this after the dark knight but eventually he was convinced to come back to do a third one after he he was like he read i'm trying to remember what which comics it was i think there's one called Nightfall in 1993 that he read, which is the one where Bane breaks Batman's back, um, and the mm. Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns comics, which are a bit yeah. older than that. But that's like the the old broken Batman coming back, redonning the cowl um, while being pursued by the police and the government that um, yeah. that features in this. So he basically wasn't going to do it, and ended up being convinced to do it. But for someone who was reluctant initially to do it, I think he did a pretty good job of pulling everything back together. And I think they. He he increases 
the I don't want to say increases the stakes, but he certainly has increased the action and the sort of bombastic nature of the movie. There's a lot more explosions, a lot more yeah. kind of chases and fights, um, which is a good thing and a bad thing, I think, at the same time. Like there's there's a lot less character drama in this one. Yeah, well, the stakes the stakes do go back up again to the similar levels as they were in the first. Oh. Like the whole, the yeah. whole, the whole <laughs> yeah, city, the whole city could go. Uh, it's interesting though that even though, like, it's maybe it's because of the time we live in now with superhero films. It's interesting that, in my opinion, one of the best trilogies of superhero films ever, this Dark Knight trilogy, doesn't have a worldwide threat. It all is just no. Gotham focused, and in 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 the world we live in of. Um, of superhero movies now that seems actually a bit of an outlier um that's but, true i think i mean know. i think that's his powers that limit yeah. that because i mean to be honest I, like while i was watching this movie and we'll we'll get to the 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 conclusion where i said this but i did turn to my fiance and said surely superman would get involved at this stage like <laughs> like you know come on what's he what's he doing that like well, he doesn't exist in this universe well uh, yeah i guess maybe he doesn't exist but uh, yeah. but i was gonna like come on Superman can't be that busy with whatever's going on in the rest of the world to not just pop in and like fire a laser through Bane's chest and be like, see you later. And then, <laughs> like, and then off he goes. Um, but I'll I think you, it is. I, yeah. I, well, I, no, I was going to say, I'll tell you what though. You're talking about the end of the movie there. Um, I'll tell you what. This film is maybe Chris Nolan's greatest hour. Now I know the prestige is huge ones, but that's the whole point of it. But this film has a quite a, a couple a, quite a quite a nice couple of Shyamalan twists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, like he and he really like he 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 fucking struggles to get them in and then they all <laughs> yeah. come in the last hour. Okay, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So let's 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 start start, you know, as we mean to go on and like go at least somewhat chronologically through this movie, yeah. okay? So Christopher Nolan back in the writer director seat. We've got the familiar faces: Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Gary Oldman. Tom Hardy's in as Bane. Mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway is in as Catwoman, um, and uh, Marianne Cotillard is in as. Oh, I've got a name down. I, but Cotillard. Cotillard. Well, we, yeah, um, we all we all know who she is. But uh, what's what well, she we know who herself? she becomes. I'm trying to remember her character's name before she. She's she's, she's that from. She's birth. called like susan or something i can't remember she's got a very unremarkable name um but she's in yeah now it's it's the classic someone's mm -hmm. someone's uh taking over uh wayne industries you know enterprises Yeah, yeah um so batman movies particularly the dark knight actually really only the dark knight uh the the um or in terms of the nolan ones at least the the batman begins doesn't really have one but nolan has made a kind of name for himself by starting these movies with big set pieces and we get another one to start this one off if you thought the bank set piece um for the dark knight is impressive watching them literally tow a real plane just yeah. through the air on another plane is pretty fucking impressive it's not i don't think it's quite as compelling from like a storytelling or character building perspective as the introduction of the joker in the dark knight but that stunt is all practical and it is fucking wild to see them pulling that off i think yeah no no i agree and again hadn't seen this in cinema so i didn't know how that would be on the small screen uh but it actually was still really really good it's because it's yeah as you say it's all practical um also they're adding in there is some storytelling in that you know like yeah the idea of the doctor and the idea yeah changing the blood as well like like a, yeah. jesus that makes no sense like you there's <laughs> they, you there is not enough time in that plane to do a full blood transfusion 
I, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure that takes a long time to do. Um, I mean, I, I, this doctor has seemingly, uh, you know, so- solved, you know, I think the people who are on dialysis every day would love that guy. You oh, know what I mean? They'd be like, in and out in 15 minutes. Think of the <laughs> think of the change to the wait times for, for the NHS. They'd just yeah. be like, get them in, get them out. They're full of new blood and we're ready to go. Ready to face the day. <laughs> exactly. Um, how, how did you feel about Aiden can't do an accent like the same across two scenes Gillen in this scene. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I really cringed at that. Um, <laughs> um, like, I, there's something he's doing. Like there's, like, there's something he's doing with the character where, and now I've seen Aiden Gillen in other stuff and it's not mm. in other characters, so it's not a natural thing within him. But there's a campness he's giving this character, <laughs> which which I can't explain. Like he's yeah. like, okay, Aiden, you're playing a uh, you're playing an FBI agent who is you know going to you know try and get information or whatever about the the biggest like crime boss in the world who can literally snap you back. Um, right, okay, okay. What's this guy going to be like? like yeah, he, he doesn't come across as very he, hard he's, boiled. He's, yeah, he's ve- yeah, he's not very hard boiled at all. Like he's 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 very soft and. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that the way he's delivering the lines, it, it makes it feel a bit... It took me out of it, you know, to be honest with you. Like, mm. the, if he wanted to be a softer character and even even have that sort of slight bit of campness, I don't really see... There was, there was just an aspect of it which didn't feel real to me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What I, is it? I don't know. I, I, I think I, I know where you're coming from. There's just... I, like, he's an actor who can sometimes really rub me the wrong way. Uh, mm-hmm. his, his portrayal of Littlefinger in Game of Thrones was sometimes great, but... As I say, the accent in that. Sometimes it's Irish, sometimes it's like Welsh, some and he is Irish, so I don't yeah, understand yeah, 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 like yeah. Wh- like why his even his Irish accent sounds bad in the, in the, in Game of Thrones. But he's not doing great in this. Um, what was that you just said? Hold on, let me turn on the subtitles because Christopher Nolan has decided that this is the movie where he doesn't want anyone to understand what his main villains think uh, <laughs> saying. Yes, that's right. It's Bane. How did you find the introduction to Bane as a speaking character with his uh, like big guy for you and all that jazz that he's saying in this scene. Big, I'm a big fan of the character of Bane. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually do really like him. I when I first, you know, the the voice itself, it's definitely uh, a, um, a Marmite voice, isn't it? It's definitely a, as Simon Cow would say, a Marmite <laughs> voice. Um, well, well, let let me ask you this. Let me pose this this question to you: Was Bane or Joker, in retrospect, more annoying for convincing a generation of young men that they could do a voice from a movie? <laughs> so if you had to pick one of the two, no question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, full disclosure. <laughs> We knew someone. <laughs> we knew someone who did the Bane voice, unprompted at the like, like, and it was the worst. It was yeah, the worst. Yeah, yeah. And if, I, I doubt that person's watching, but if 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 if, if they are, I don't care because they've literally ghosted me for like six years. So yeah, um, it's just uh, everyone. I I think everyone had that person in their life who were mm-hmm. like, oh, I was born in the darkness. It's like fuck off. Like it's not a good voice. Stop it. And it's Tom Hardy's fault. You know what? It's interesting actually. Is that there's an aspect of that voice in moments. It it they they kind in my opinion they kind of fail to make it cohesive with the scene. I think I I do I like the voice. I like the choice they made for it. But at times mm. it's sort of you can tell it's ADR in. You can tell yeah. it's not actually on the set. A bit like Darth Vader sometimes, you know. Yes, definitely. And I think the fact that you literally or I I certainly do 
I need to put subtitles on to understand what he's saying a lot of the time, um, which is not an option in the cinema where I saw this. And I remember being like, I don't mm-hmm. understand about half of what Bane is saying in this movie. Like, I get the general gist of it because Tom Hardy is putting in quite a physical performance in this. Mm-hmm. You can kind of get um, get the gist of what he's saying from you know physical mannerisms and context. But it's <laughs> this is when you then go on to things like fucking Interstellar, and it's just like I can we just make it so we can understand what people are saying in your movies sound doesn't travel in a vacuum conrad um but well yeah i mean (laughs) that's the inspiration behind that but (laughs) uh see the bane thing though right okay when he's in the mask makes sense it sells it to me that this is a cool villain you know and yes it is takes me out a little bit because of the adr nature but Mm. when it shows you know skipping forward with him without the mask and you see his human face without the without the mask i don't believe that voice comes from that man um to me to me that sort of it's it i can't imagine that man in that pit speaking that way you know without yeah well i mean maybe he had like his uh he had his like larynx crushed during that fracas um to to he's having he's that's actually him having to put all the effort into the voice yeah he's oh he's got like one of those cane like voice box things like like that one of those things and that's that's but it's like a futuristic one that makes him high and squeaky i mean if he does have that then that's solved the problem for a lot of people in the world like you know yeah that's that's actually this film has a lot of medical marvels we'll just say (laughs) (laughs) it certainly does well speaking of which um what we'll we'll talk about batman now um because batman begins this movie in not a great way he's he's hobbling around on a cane Mm-hmm. He's been secluded for eight years, or, or, or retired for, for eight years. Oh, wait, no, actually, no, that's not true. It's been eight years since The Dark Knight, and he's been retired mm-hmm. for some nondescript amount of time. But, well, but he's, he, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, he's a bit on the run. Does that mean that he's just not appeared since? I think they maybe mentioned that he hadn't been there since the night Harvey Dent died. Possibly, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he certainly spent a lot of time retired. You can tell that he's not in a good way because he's got a lot, like, little hint of grey at the temples now, which means he's old. Yeah. Um, and apparently, he just spends his time indoors doing archery. That's his That's his weekend, or that's his evening entertainment, because he almost kills uh, Selena Kyle. <laughs> yeah, who is, how, how long do you think you'd be entertained just doing archery indoors as a, as a, as a billionaire? <laughs> I mean, I've only ever done archery indoors, uh, so oh, I didn't realize yeah. I, was, I was talking to a kindred spirit, of Bruce, yeah. of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, well, I also hobble around the house, but uh, not <laughs> yeah. because I fought fought bad guys. But so I do actually, yeah, because I used to do it in like a school gym. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Well, so I've, I've never actually shot a bow and arrow outside. Well, um, I I actually just wanted to mention something as well that I was I was supposed to. It's in my notes. I was supposed to say at the end of that before I threw that question to you, and I forgot oh. to do it. But a few months ago, you asked for like anti Chekhov's guns, like basically a gun that is revealed uh. in a movie that isn't fired at all. And I, I wrote down a note on this saying like, "Oh, they established that Bruce does archery, and it's never mentioned again throughout the rest of the." I think you're, the you're actually the, right. The that that counts. That yeah. does count. And I was like, "I've got to bring this up because Anthony asked for it, and bloody hell, Chris, Christopher Nolan of all people gave it to us." Yeah, that's brilliant. I, I you know, I think I'm not going to overshadow that, but there's also a case for um catwoman's uh, safe cracking skills too yeah that's that's brought in once and never again just like yeah. well, anyway, she stole some jewels or stole some pearls, she, can just, she can just do it she just does whatever she wants so um okay but yeah so batman not doing great 
Um, Wayne Enterprises is making no money because of some failed fusion reactor MacGuffin. Uh, mm-hmm. Br- Bruce has lost touch with Gotham. Poverty is going unchecked. Um, the the main thing I wanted to get to about this is, uh, and we'll get to the the sort of medical uh, miracle that that we alluded to a moment ago, mm-hmm. is um, how do you feel about the sort of opening hour or so of this movie where all the cops are like twiddling their thumbs and they're just like, there's nothing to do because Batman's fixed everything. Let's just chill out and go and, you know, get some donuts or whatever. Um, it, it very much has like a, everything is fixed. We have nothing to do vibe. But yet the movie is still asking you as a viewer to buy into this idea that poverty is absolutely rampant and it allows Bane to like recruit this army of um like disaffected and disowned orphans to kind of join his his league of shadows yeah this is interesting i i don't think christopher nolan understands where crime comes from no i don't think he does. <laughs> yeah like he thinks like you know you just lock up a thousand people it doesn't matter how many how much poverty yeah. and hardship you have in the no, world we got rid of the criminals these are the yeah, good yeah. poor people we yeah, yeah exactly so <laughs> they're not going to be desperate at any point it does it does come across a little bit like that you know yeah. like we will lock them up and now everyone's fine because no matter who gets born in this neighborhood now no one's gonna wanna wanna steal anything from us. Um, they were the unruly ones. And I, that, that's not how crime works. You know, the no, the, exactly. the, po- the poverty situation is still there. I mean, I would have loved for them to make some sort of allusion to through the Harvey Dent Foundation, we've been able to fund this, fund that. It's like no, it's, we're literally living in peace because we locked everyone up. Yeah, that's yeah, not it's, how it's that's a- not how it works. You lock up the bad guys or the the, the criminals. Well, so criminals, and then in quotation marks, bad guys. Did it the wrong way around. Um, if if you lock them up, there's going to be people who take their place because unfortunately, you don't just lock them all up at the same time. Yeah, especially you lock, if you lock up one, and then they go, all right, who else are we gonna, who are we going to get to sell the yeah. drugs now? Let's go and get that 14 year old boy who's enjoying school and has great friends and plays video games. Let's make him a drug dealer. That's what they do. Well, it's uh, yeah, and, and it's um, it's very. I I don't like. Christopher Nolan as a writer some of the time sometimes he's great uh, I think this is the beginning of me losing a little bit of faith in him because I think this this conflict in in the what he's depicting belies a pretty fundamental misunderstanding of like how crime happens you know like if you don't if you don't fix the systemic issues that cause poverty then crime is going to ensue from that poverty because people get desperate and and are forced to commit crime to to survive um and crime just breeds more crime so i think yeah it definitely struck me as weird and they to to the film's credit they do drop it pretty quickly like the mm-hmm. we're all the cops have got nothing to do we're just hanging out like they <laughs> sort of mention that a couple of times in the first half hour and i i feel like nolan as he was writing the screenplay for this, was like, actually, that doesn't make any sense, so maybe I'll stop mentioning <laughs> that. And and suddenly the cops have things to do. Admittedly, Bane turns up as well, so that's part of it. Um, but that frustrated me. And and as you've mentioned as well, we, we get hints of this, uh, the Dent Act, which essentially seems like uh, we've mentioned in the past, or I've mentioned in the past, how Nolan's Dark Knight, or Nolan's Batman trilogy, is kind of um, a response to Bush's america and the mm-hmm. den act is basically the patriot act in that it's like oh we can just lock people up yeah, for yeah. being without trial because the system has failed so um this allows us to, to to get around that some way they never really go into it um but again they're, they're sort of trying to depict 
Gotham as this like flawed utopia or this utopia built on a lie, I think, at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's not utopian in the slightest. No, it's no, no, it's not. It's just how's it utopian? Because someone who needs to go and collect uh, you know, job seekers allowance can get there without being mugged. You know, yeah. it's 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 I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I just I just don't understand the, the yeah. view. And there's still loads of white collar crime as well, as we see in this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but like, what, what? Yeah, but why? Like, if if it is such a utopia now, why, why is Bane against it? Because uh, he, he's because he, he just it, like wants to finish the job of the League of Shadows. I think. Is yeah, his which task. it's like, no, didn't you hear? Didn't you hear? Um, we fixed it, Bane. We, yeah, we've actually, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine now. So America's like, greatest city has has resolved its problems. <laughs> yeah. So, very strange very strange fuck off to metropolis or whatever um okay yeah so moving on from batman then um, well actually connor are you talking about batman you're, you're saying moving on from, you're saying moving on from batman we didn't get batman no that's Bat- true he's batman, not really in it this bit. batman is in about 25 minutes of this film total yeah which is way <laughs> less than batman begins even yeah no that is well actually i i should correct myself there and you're very right to, to bring me up on it this section of my notes is actually called bruce the recluse because there is no batman in it. <laughs> bruce like, he, the recluse. <laughs> like he he's uh he's not in it he's just wandering around in his dressing gown which i'm not judging him that's not judgment i spent plenty of days wandering around in my dressing gown um but yeah there's no batman to be seen um did you did you find the lack of kind of action after the opening set piece off putting at all because it takes a while to get going uh no actually uh i'm not i wouldn't i wouldn't say i i'm, I'm an interesting man right i don't think i have as a humble brag yeah I, <laughs> I'm an interesting man. I, I don't i don't think that i've ever watched a film and thought to myself i need more action here i you know i've thought definitely thought films are boring but just because there's a lack of action set pieces and stuff, that doesn't make me bored in its in a, in a, in, a, in and of itself. Okay. I actually didn't get bored watching this movie. Okay, that's 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 a good sign. I mean, I'm I'm kind of that way with like car chases specifically. Like for whatever reason, I've never or not. Mm. I don't want to say never, but I've ne- I've rarely enjoyed car chases. So often I'll be like fuck me do we have to have another one of these like in like a fast and the furious movie or whatever a lot of the time car chases aren't innovative like they are it's like they they are very much like the same thing again either that or it's like let's catch people flying through the air with a car and you know (laughs) yeah there has to be some sort of innovation without going that far yeah and well and as we as we've said before like batman invented the car functioning as a as a pillow trope yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. so fast and furious isn't even doing that they, they, they couldn't even originate that that uh that meme but um yeah so well talking we've talked about bruce a bit we'll come back to batman when he actually turns up because there's another really the second big set piece of the movie is when batman mm-hmm. shows up um i just wanted to briefly touch on <clears throat> on catwoman because she's a well, I'll ask you this: Where do you rank Hathaway's Catwoman against Pfeiffer, uh, uh, Zoe Kravitz, and if push comes to shove, Halle Berry as well? <laughs> Halle Berry, yeah. Oh, and you Halle could be like Eartha Kitt as well in the sixties, like. But I, I don't I know if you've seen any yeah, of the sixties ones. Yeah, didn't. Well, I, I saw some of it, not all of it. Um, I would definitely rank Halle Berry the lowest. Um, that's harsh. That's harsh. It, it's har- it is harsh. I mean, that movie is garbage. <laughs> see that that is the movie is garbage. I think she could have made a good Catwoman, you know, in an actual good film. Mm. Um, for me, this might be uh, 
This might be controversial. It is just the next one up. Uh, Anne Hathaway. She... <laughs> Get him out! What have you got? <laughs> what? It's a fossil. <coughs> oh, brilliant. Bring all right, I'll, show. I'll be out in a minute, all right? All right, bye. All right, sorry That's about great. that. Sorry about that interruption. I might not even change. I might not even delete that. Leave it in. Uh, yeah, let the people see. Just let other people see. This is what it's like. This is what it's like. All right, three kids under four. We're, we're Conrad and I are like are like uh, what do you call it? It's it, it's like we're I, I'm I'm sort of stealing a moment with my with my uh, with my lover. Yeah. Uh, while 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 the family's in the room Listen, next door. Sometimes kids want to show you fossils. That's just the reality of being a parent. And, I know it's and... br- it's brilliant and really cute. It's literally like a little rock, uh, but he thinks it's a fossil. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Nice. I'm, I'm loving it. But anyway, talk about uh, talking about fossils. Halle Berry. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what do you call it? <laughs> Anne Hathaway. Definitely... You said that, not me. I'm like. I'm, I'm taking no responsibility for that one. Uh, no, so Halle Berry, Halle Berry number four, Anne Hathaway number three. Yeah. Um, I would say Kravitz is number two. Yeah. Minus the mask. Um, and then number one would be the Selena, uh, Selena Kyle, which is played by Sh- Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I think I probably agree with that. I think Anne Hathaway is. She doesn't. It's difficult because like. She's obviously, you know, and I hate being like, let's talk about how hot actresses are. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, like, sexuality is a pretty key part of Catwoman's character. Um, and I think Anne Hathaway is a very attractive woman. And I think she manages to get some of the sort of sexiness. But for whatever reason, I feel like Christopher Nolan isn't quite sure what he wants her character to be. And he doesn't really develop her at all. And, and and then towards the end of the movie, he's like, okay, we've kind of implied that she has a friend who might be like a, a, a prostitute um, that she lives with. And maybe that's why she has this like kind of dislike of the rich and this affinity for the poor. But mm-hmm. we're barely going to develop that. And instead, here's a shot of Anne Hathaway's ass as she gets on a motorbike. It's <laughs> like, it's yeah. a bit like, uh, it's kind of like substituting in a shot of an attractive woman in skin tight leather for actual characterization, which I don't like very much. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. I, I think that, that it's interesting as well because, like, the, the, the costume design is actually very conservative, which I was happy to see because yeah. I don't like the idea of just like just pushing this character as a sex, sex symbol. Mm. Um, but then the way that they were, yeah, the way they were sort of shooting her in, in certain aspects, it felt like that's what they were going for as well. Um, I don't know, like the idea of just like getting a clean slate, um, and that's her character's yeah drive. with a program called Clean Slate, which is yeah. like I, as someone who works in development, I can tell you right now that program wouldn't have that name. It would have some ridiculous <laughs> name given it to given to it by some tech bro CEO. Yeah, I I I like the whole like idea of wanting a clean slate. I'm a to, to be honest with you, I'm not I'm not really buying it. Like because the I didn't. I didn't buy it as a huge, brilliant motivation. Because no. at the same, she like at the same time, it's like, was she actually that wanted? Like, was well, she that's a- the thing. You never really get a sense of the past she's supposedly running away from. It's like, yeah. okay, your friend is poor, and maybe you engage in some like low-level criminality, but it's not like you're hunted at every turn by yeah, exactly. some really dangerous gangsters. It's just kind of a. Yeah, it's a really weak character motivation. Like she's wa- she's walking in and do you know walking into these big gangsters, you know, to try and get this this technology. She's not afraid of them whatsoever, and I'm just like, this isn't someone who needs saved. And at the same no. time, as well, it's like you know, just 
try moving to LA, you know, and and then like if they follow you across the country, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they follow go you across the country, then go for the clean site. You know, go what to, I mean, go to Florence for a bit. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's what you need to do. But you might not um, be able to get out of the country because of a record. So I'm just saying, like, go somewhere else in the US. That's a good point. Yeah, if if they still follow you, then get the clean slate. You don't need it until yeah. you try it. Try out moving away for a bit. You know, take just get a break. Yeah, um, I I will say um, that the scene which I think it might be a contractual requirement um, for, for any Batman movie to have oh, yeah. Bruce at a ball of some kind where he meets a sexy lady and they dance and probably share some secrets about how they're wearing masks and they have dual identities. Well, you know what's interesting about that, Conrad, is that he, was, he wasn't wearing a mask. Of course he wasn't because Bruce Wayne is his true mask. We've talked about that yeah. before. They've literally done that visual metaphor in yeah. Batman movies before. But the thing is, cause this is interesting though, it is a new take on it because Selena Kyle had a mask on. Mm. now in the other one in the tim burton one selena kyle didn't have a mask on so the idea is that she is truly catwoman as well so selena kyle is her mask i took it to mean that because she was looking for a clean slate and she had a mask on is that her true identity selena kyle is actually her true identity here yeah i think there is catwoman is not her true identity i I think yeah that's a good which is different good observation it is slightly different yeah but i mean i i i I couldn't help but roll my eyes a little bit when it was like did you see batman returns because you're literally (laughs) doing the same thing they did in that movie guys um but it is it is a good scene i mean i I, i'll I'll criticize the characterization of selena kyle i think it's pretty weakly a a weekly written uh part but anne hathaway and christian bell have great chemistry and that scene i think there's a there's electricity between them in that scene i don't really buy the romance as it develops over the course of this movie um, but in that scene, they're great together. I think. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I agree. Um, how do you? F- <laughs> so what, there's two things I wanted to mention before we move on from Selena Kyle. One, how did you feel about the police response time um, when uh, she gets that gangster to use the senator that she kidnaps phone? Because they are there in about ten seconds, which well, is they got nothing to do. <laughs> but, I mean, even do. if they got nothing to do, were they just st- like were there like thirty police cars just literally around the corner from that bar? Well, there are th- there are over thirty police cars available. We know that from a later yeah. scene. Yeah, um, well, yeah, that's true. They get <laughs> Matthew Modine gets the whole the whole goddamn town in on on the on the on the Batmobile chase. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, no, well, bat, bat you know, bike, I should say the police in Gotham. That's the thing. They all want to prove themselves, you know, like you know, like in Hot mm. Fuzz, whenever uh, Simon Pegg's character has got like the most arrests, this yeah, is like ah, oh, there's another one coming in. <laughs> is it more fossils this time? No, it's it's more forests this time. I think you're gonna have to leave. This one will have to be a pause because this one's he's too young. <laughs> you gonna go? Where's mummy? All right, I'm going to go take him away. <laughs> okay, no I'm going to keep recording now. Yeah, I'll leave myself recording. A few moments later. The last thing I wanted to say on the Selena Kyle section, which I think is probably the most important thing, is um, did you notice that when Bruce drives his Lambo to the ball and gets out, there's a bunch of like photographers, and one of them recognizes him and was like, holy shit, it's Bruce Wayne. Um, did you notice that the guy who says that is the, gu- is the you like babes Bob guy from Always Sunny? 
No. You know when Dennis <laughs> is trying to sell his his Land Rover and it's like in the in the river, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and like and he's telling this like kind of quite short, quite overweight guy is like just me and a babe in the back of a convertible. You like babes, Bob? <laughs> like, and that's the guy that, that is it's it's the babes Bob guy who who, who recognizes <laughs> that's him. Great. I couldn't believe it. I had to do it. I had to rewind. Well, <laughs> I saw you like it. babes, Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's all I need out of the Batman universe now is for is for Glenn um, Glenn Halton and like Rob McElhenney to appear in it in some capacity. I would love that, I'd, I'd love a Rob McElhenney uh, as Batman and Glenn Halton as Joker film. <laughs> Oh yeah, that he would be a very good Joker. Like he's, I mean, <laughs> Dennis Reynolds is essentially already the Joker in a lot of ways, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, what the hell? Okay, right, we're into the action now. I'm gonna fly through a couple of these um, and and give you give you some moments to talk about them. Um, but we get a big action scene here. So we like we've kind of done our due diligence. We've got through the boring Gotham's fixed, but maybe it's not. Maybe there's loads of poverty kind of stuff that they do in the first mm-hmm. hour, which is a bit hit and miss. And the Selena Car stuff's a bit bit boring. And then we get the stock exchange heist, where Bane is like kind of fully introduced as a villain mm-hmm. or reintroduced, I guess, as a villain. Um, and Batman comes back. How how did you find this as like just an action set piece? First off, yeah, I thought I thought it was okay. I thought I thought it was okay. Um, I I, f- I thought it was interesting to be quite honest with you that they went the, the, the actual logic of it was a bit strange for me. The actual action set piece was all right, I liked it, but the logic of it was strange. Where they went into the stock exchange to plug something in to download files or to ruin it, corrupt it, whatever they were doing, and then they're standing waiting, and then Bane says, "How long have you got left?" or whatever, right? And he's like, "It's gonna take fourteen minutes or whatever, right?" And he's like. Let's go mobile. It's yeah. like, why didn't you just go yeah, mobile just do that to, to begin, begin with? Yeah, <laughs> why? Why were you standing waiting on the police to come? Like, <laughs> they didn't. They don't want to use their minutes or their, or their data. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, 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 they, yeah. Like, they've not got an unlimited data plan. So if they <laughs> if they could do it on the Gotham Stock Exchange's uh, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. or, like an or, LN, or yeah, connection. No. It, that'd be a lot better but i mean you know you take the hit for uh, the society's <laughs> gonna collapse anyway so i think bane at this point was like you know what i'm not gonna need to pay this bill it'll be yeah right. that like, really that really interested me and then they all pop out on motorbikes which was cool as well yeah that was cool but i mean also like i don't know where they were or how they navigated them through those corridors <laughs> to be honest yeah oh well they, they, did, they did all right like I, you know stock exchange getting attacked feels yeah. quite christopher nolan um well yeah i mean it definitely does and it's it's a very kind of nolan style set piece um it's got the classic um and a very cool i will say moment where like they're driving through like the tunnel and all the lights start going off and one of the older cops is like oh you're in for a show tonight kid and yeah, yeah, um yeah. and then and then they turn back on and and, and batman's back and and it kind of shows the that that it gives you a sense of how much time has passed and also that there are still cops in Gotham who are on Batman's side, despite Matthew Modine, mm-hmm. who... I'm just going to say this right now. Matthew Modine in this movie is a piece of shit. We all know that. He's supposed to be like a cowardly dickhead. But there is no way that anyone would be like, oh, let's ignore this active robbery to catch the guy who killed Harvey Dent, who is doing nothing. Like, they don't even know that it's Harvey Dent in the car i don't think i oh, don't even know it's batman well, rather yeah. in the car right i mean it's a it, or it's um what's no it's the bike he turns up on so i guess they do know it's him um, it, it is a bike but then he, yeah and then he like drives and gets into the plane yeah they, like the, they do the they bat. do know but 
but I know what you mean. Like, there's literally people who've just attacked the stock. They, they have hostages. Yeah, they have, <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you going to do about the hostages? They'll be like, oh, they'll be all right. They'll figure that out like, amongst themselves. Like these, these good, these good, honest cops who've been sitting around doing nothing. Yeah, decide to go and try and catch a killer who's already killed, isn't killing right now. Yeah. Uh, rather than save hostages' lives. I mean, that, yeah. that sort of says everything it needs to, doesn't it's it? It's so ridiculous. We'll come back to cops doing ridiculous things in this movie in a little bit because there's some, there is some wild shit. Um, but yeah, I think it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good action set piece. Um, we get to see the bats, the kind of helicopter yeah. plane thing. Um, one point I thought I'd make, and I thought I'd be interested to get your take on it, Batman just has guns on everything now. Yeah, yeah, we talked a little bit about this last week mm. because I, I thought it was really interesting. Now, I, like, we've already gone quite long, Connor, so I might just start jumping around. I know you're going to go through things, but Catwoman uses the gun on the, on her on on the, on the bike later on and yeah. kills kills somebody, kills Bane, in fact. Yeah, kills um, Bane. So, and she says, "I decided that I don't share your rule for guns." It's like mm. you're using his bike. Yeah, like, like I, that, you just used his guns to to when- break his rule. Well, exactly, and, and like when Talia Al Ghul is escaping with the with the bomb in from Gotham in the truck, yeah. and he fires missiles at the front of the truck and <laughs> kill, kills the driver, and Talia and effectively kills Talia Al Ghul as well because she's impaled and slowly bleeds to death, and it's just like you just you just killed those people. That's like, a good point. That like, like that is, that that is, is there's no there's no like comedy Michael Keaton dropping a dude with some dynamite on his chest down a sewer involved. <laughs> like missiles fire at the front of a truck and the people <laughs> driving it are dead afterwards. <laughs> it's just like okay, are we not going to make more of a deal out of this? It, it, which, I, which, I, which it would be interesting if like in Batman Begins he said no guns and then like now he's like grown and he's like you know yeah, come make back it a and character he's, he's more gritty now. But he literally said within half an hour before that when he was fighting with Catwoman and he was like, no guns. You know, yeah. he literally said that. So it's a, it's, it's a wild inconsistency in the characterization. As you say, I, I'm not like, I'm not precious about Batman using guns. If you want to break that rule of the character and make it a character moment, fine. Like, do that, and but justify it, but you can do it. But in this, mm-hmm. it's just, he just kills some people and it's fine, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, I'm going to skip over all of the corporate espionage stuff because it's kind of boring and undercooked. But basically, Bruce is being squeezed from all sides. Someone's trying to take over Wayne Enterprises. He's losing the money because of the fusion reactor project. All of which is just a long-winded way of getting a MacGuffin under Gotham that is going to blow up the city. (laughs) And also getting the main key player into the position of power. I'll, I'll say one thing when we'll skip over it, right? And the MacGuffin is there and all that sort of thing. Talia Al Ghul, who I can't remember her actual name. I'm looking she, for her now. It's uh, yeah. It's, it's this is we'll call her Susan. We'll call her Susan. This is something again, which Christopher Nolan. Like I, I'm not a, as big of a critic as Christopher Nolan's writing as you, but so I'm going to put this one on David S. Goya, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Finally, why, someone does. Like, why the hell? Whenever Talia Al Ghul decides to jump in and save the man who's going to get killed by Bane, he's he's also a member of the board, right? Mm. Is there any chance that the woman who somehow became the member of the board, like she's like the, the the chairman of Wayne Enterprise now, she was voted the chairman. Mm. 
I know it was a whistle. I, th- I know she got there quickly. It was a meteoric rise to the top, right? I don't think it's realistic that she wouldn't know the name of every other board member. So no. whenever whenever he's about to get killed and she says to Lucius Fox, they're going to kill this man. It's like, no, they're going to kill Greg. She yeah. knows who this is. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, maybe it's a highest pressure situation. Maybe she just forgot <laughs> yeah. his name. Like I've, I've had conversations where, and I still think, you know, those, you know, those things that you do in life where you wake up 10 years later or you're trying to fall asleep and, and you remember it 10 years later and it makes you cringe so hard that you immediately like are fully awake again. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's normally when you try to fall asleep that they come back to you. Um, I was having a conversation with someone once, and I said said whatever I was saying to them, and then I was looking directly at them, and for whatever re- reason, rather rather than kind of like disguise it or try and do some wordplay to get around actually naming them, I just looked them straight in the eye and said, and this is someone I'd known for about two years at this point, um, and worked with every day. I said, I'm really sorry, I've forgotten your name. <laughs> And they and they told me, and the conversation carried on. Nothing. Don't do that, Conrad. No, there must have been someone. I looked back at that moment, and I was just like, I can't believe I did that. (laughs) It must have been some way you could have found out. There were other options. There were definitely other options, but my brain was like. This is the path to take, I think. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's what's happened to Talia Al Ghul in this situation. <laughs> She's just like, I don't know. It's a high stakes situation. I'm just gonna say this man. Um, oh, you can imagine if she said Greg, and he's like, "My name's not Greg. My, my name's, name's John. Barry. Yeah, my I've name's Barry. Him. My name's we, Barry. We've like, worked together for eight years. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, they start arguing yeah. in front of Bane. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it's like there's there's bigger fish to fry at that point. I think so. I understand it. I I I, I do understand it. Um, I will say for the corporate espionage stuff. Talking about underdeveloped female characters in this movie, Talia Al Ghul. We, we talked about those those Shyamalan twists and her yeah, yeah, yeah. reveal it comes really late in the movie pretty much immediately before she dies really like she she's revealed mm. she runs off and she gets blown up uh, or she gets impaled in a truck um how did you feel about her as a character because I find her to be very underwritten like there's not really anything to her okay I think I know what you mean but at the same time, we we spent the whole film thinking that Bane was the one who escaped the prison. Yeah, and therefore, whenever we f- it's Shyamalan twisted, and we find out that it's actually her, maybe that backstory they gave they gave that character before finding out it was her didn't translate onto her for you. you well, know I think what I mean? it's more that you don't really learn anything about who the person in the pit. Like you learn about what happened to them, like who their mother was and that their yeah. dad was Ra's al Ghul and, and all that jazz. So you do get that. But, but I think the, the, the stuff that I'd be interested, and I understand why it happens because the twist comes so late. They can't really give you the information before mm-hmm. the twist. And there's no time to do it after the twist just because of the way the plot mm-hmm. is structured. But I think for me, I needed to know what happened between her getting out of that pit and where she is right now that mm. made her suddenly decide, oh, actually, my dad had some good ideas um, and, and I want to carry on his legacy. Because for, I think there's yeah, literally... Mean, there's like one scene where she's like, I went to find my dad and we were friends. And then... Yeah. And then and now it, I'm going to destroy Gotham. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, she just became a member of the League of Shadows. Uh, she became... Like any, anyone in, apparently. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's the daughter of Razog. I suppose, it, yeah. I mean, it's all nepotism, isn't it? It's like the BBC. Yeah. Like, well, that, that, actually, it, well, my criticism of them wouldn't be that she's un- undercooked. She is undercooked. But it's that they just let her represent the League of Shadows, you know, yes. rather than actually having her own 
So it's it's not really a new bad guy in that respect. You know mm. what I mean? Whereas Bane yeah. was Bane was kind of also that, but we also had the sort of feeling that he was excommunicated from the League of Shadows. Interestingly, yeah. I, I don't. But that didn't really seem to go anywhere either. Was he or wasn't he? I still don't really know. I, I think that's unclear. But I think for Bane at least, Hardy gets enough screen time that he's able to bring something to the role. Yeah. Um, like, it, you kind of get a sense of the character through his performance, even if there's not necessarily very much written about the character mm-hmm. in the screenplay. Whereas Talia al Ghul, I think she's in one scene, or maybe two scenes, but she barely speaks. She's like, it's shown the MacGuffin. It's purely perfunctory. Then her and Bruce sleep together. Uh, she becomes CEO. And then the next time you see her, she's basically Talia al Ghul. And it's like, oh, she's a bad guy now. And it, it doesn't, doesn't have much didn't carry much weight for me yeah okay fair enough um yeah i, I did like the connection with the league of shadows i liked the reveal but yeah it's it yeah they could have they could have put more effort into the character i agree okay um right last the last two sections here these these might go long so we're gonna have to we'll try and keep ourselves as 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 brief as we possibly can but the first one i wanted to do is a biggie is we've kind of touched on it already but bane as a character we've talked about the voice um and we talked about the sound editing but him his dialogue in this movie i think is worth pointing out because he gets so many classic lines mm-hmm. um he's probably the best written character in the whole movie i think even if you can't understand half of what he's saying i i, I i'm I'm a Bane fanboy. I'm not even gonna like. I don't. I don't deny the generation I'm from. I don't. I don't deny being uh, a white guy who who was a teenager during during the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't deny that. Christopher I'm, Nolan I, is your birthright. Yeah. I, I, yeah. My Christopher Nolan is my birthright. I've <laughs> I've moved on. I've I've grown. I've grown politically and ethically. But yeah. But I still have my roots in a good old fashioned joker t-shirt i do i can't deny it i can't deny it did you did you spot the moment so i mean talking about how he i mean i i do agree with you to a certain extent i still really like these movies and i i I think bane is is uh for all the flaws in the screenplay of this movie i think bane is one of the better written characters Mm -hmm. um there's a moment after the MacGuffin is is switched on where bane takes dr pavel down um and goes to pull the core out of it and when he does, I think it's either Lucius Fox or or um, or Sue, the character that Marion Cotillard plays, um, who says, "If you pull the core, I, I wrote this down because I couldn't believe it made it into the final the final uh, film. If you pull the core out of the reactor, it'll explode in moments." To which Bane replies, five precisely." Five uh, moments. <laughs> which, which it reminded Quite me of that, of that Simpsons No months. Joke. It must have been months. Uh, he's i'm pretty sure he said moments like no i i okay okay well I, i'm not i'm not gonna battle you here conrad but i'm in that moment i understood it to mean five months, okay so May- i think right. that they must have said months i will hold my hand up and say if i misheard that fair enough but as soon as he you, said you it, had I, you had subtitles on uh yeah of course i had subtitles on it's fucking but the dark knight rises well maybe the subtitle was wrong because i heard i heard months okay well if that's wrong, I'll hold, well, I'll point my hand at the uh, the 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 subtitles and be like, "That's on you." Yes, yeah, yeah. Dark Knight Rises fault. Blu-ray, but it did remind me of the Simpsons joke where Principal Skinner is asked to step outside for a moment and then he comes back <laughs> in looking at his watch, going, "Okay, that's exactly one moment." Which, <laughs> like, <laughs> which this I I I want it to be true just because that joke is funny and this is funny by extension. Um, but yeah, so the ending then. Let's get into it because the ending of this movie. 
there's there's a, the first thing I'm going to do, and I think you're going to agree with me when I say this, is the ending of this movie was very unfairly maligned for a Cinema Sins style flaw. You know, like those kind of people... I've just said cinema sins. Like, fuck them, I don't care. I don't like what they make. Where they're like, how exactly did Batman make it back from here to here in two days? It's like, <laughs> fuck off. You've never seen a movie before. Like, who cares about that? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people said, like, there's no way that Batman could have gotten back from having his back broken, stuck in the pit, um, in 23 days. Which... Well, it was five months, as we just said. So well, no, it's tw- it's twenty three days from from like when he leaves. There is twenty three days left until the bomb explodes. Um, right. um, uh, so he has twenty three days to get back from wherever he is. It looks like it's like somewhere in North Africa or like uh, the Arabian Peninsula, somewhere like that. Um, There's no chance planes didn't exist. No, and, uh, but like I was waiting for it, and I think what a, a bunch of people did is there's a moment where the bomb is rolled into a truck, and it shows like a 24 hour timer on it, mm-hmm. which I think is just like a rolling 24 hour timer because they literally say in the next scene that there's 23 days until until the bomb goes off. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I think skip a little bit of time, maybe. Pro- I th- well. Yeah, but it would be after that. that they, and when that, and they when they actually originally set the bomb, right? And he said five exactly, and that that is five months. I'm telling you now. I heard months, <laughs> right? Okay. How long after that does Batman get taken away? Like, and Batman go down with Catwoman to fight Bane? Um, on um, it probably it wouldn't be that long after. I think it would probably be days, a week at most. Because from that point on, he gets taken away. So therefore, he gets his mm. back broken, and he doesn't come back for five months. Then is my yeah, point. yeah. But but uh, well. I, th- I think we're we're saying the same thing, which is essentially that I think the timeframes of this are entirely reasonable, and yeah. there was a generation of movie quote unquote critics on the internet who decided that that they were going to crit- criticize this movie for something that is absolutely fine. I I, I don't think there's any problem with it. Whatsoever. Even if it was twenty three days, I'm thinking like they popped his back back in, and then he like had three weeks of recovery slash you know whatever um hmm. b- working out. He climbed out of the pit in a lot of pain, went yeah. back to Lucius Fox and said, here, I need all my stuff again. And then he said, also, have you got a lot of fucking drugs? Because yeah, I, yeah, can you I, pop some ibuprofen can, can, yeah. in the bat belt? Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Later. Pop, pop, put me full of morphine, boy. I'm getting through this day. <laughs> yeah. Just get me through, Lucius, get me through this day, yeah. right? Even he injections. Caught, he probably got to like the nearest town in Africa, rang up Lucius Fox and said, send me a plane and put morphine on the plane because I need <laughs> yeah. it right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever drugs we have what? left over in R&D, send them. <laughs> We're talking about a Batman movie where he has a guy who can make him anything he wants and we don't believe that you know, he immediately got drugs and he also he immediately got picked up when he got out of that pit. Yeah, and, and to be honest, we've already seen like his magic mechanical knee brace thing that fixed his knee and made him yeah. like super strong and able to kick brick walls apart. So <laughs> yeah, what you was know, that about? I don't know what that was. That was bizarre. <laughs> but I mean, it's within the the logic of the movie. It's entirely reasonable to assume that they have a similar thing for spines as well. Yeah, like, guys, <laughs> let, let's just talk about this, right? Yeah. <laughs> if that knee brace can make his ankle 
strong enough to <laughs> kick a wall. Anything's possible. It makes no sense. It's like, what? So are your shin bones just made of steel now? <laughs> like, but also, did... why? Why did we not also think that when he got back to Lucius, didn't Lucius just give him the same thing he put on his knee, but on his his back? Yeah, you on his spine, I mean? on everything. Stick it on the whole. But give me <laughs> yeah. the whole exoskeleton. It's, That's the, what you the whole need. new bath suit is actually just that stuff. Yeah, he's essentially just <laughs> Iron Man at the end of this movie, yeah, yeah. but just in a bath suit. Um, yeah, so I think that's fine. I think um, I think the ending of this movie is is the best stuff in this movie. I think the cop trap where they all run underground is kind of dumb, but also mm-hmm. fine. Like you know, I, and I think the yeah Batman goes to jail stuff. The amazing trailer moment and you can tell they made this moment with a trailer in mind with the the single child singing the star spangled banner (laughs) as the football field explodes uh but uh, and uh and the i didn't catch the name of the team i called them the gotham city batman because i don't (laughs) i don't know what they're called the riddlers uh, um they're they're gonna struggle to win the win the championship this year they have to get get a new 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 field laid but um well and a new team as well because they all blew up (laughs) (laughs) yeah we didn't talk at all about Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this film, but oh, he's he's a not he's not he's nothing he's nothing in this. He's movie. just he's just like he's just, he's someone there to remind Bruce that even though, even though like what even though we we don't fund the 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 the, the home for boys anymore, there's still no crime. So is it that yeah. big of a problem? Like, yeah, so if, but- if you know if there's no crime, all these boys must be going to university. Like, what's the issue like? Yeah. No. Well, uh, yeah. You'd hope so, but I mean, they don't have the money to fund it or something. I don't know what the. But, well, Bruce just yeah. stopped funding it for some reason. But I like so that, that, that I love. I love as well in Batman films. I was like, it's like one orphanage is is the whole heartbeat the of the city. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's the whole heartbeat of the city. And then uh, obviously we find out at the end that uh, <laughs> that's a, <Robin laughs> a little right Shyamalan twist. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely. I personally hate the fact that they're just like oh what's your why don't you use your real name robin i love that you know i I don't i don't i just okay i get it i get it he's gonna be the next he's gonna be nightwing or the next batman or whatever like i just i just have it what why 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 do we need that moment why can't he just be called robin from the start or dick they, they should just yeah i mean they should make him dick grayson or tim yeah. drake or whatever like it's it's kind of dumb for them to be like uh my name is burt jefferson or whatever the fuck his name <laughs> yeah. is and then and and but then oh he's gonna be the robin at the end of uh, at the end of this it's like but that's not any of the robins it doesn't make sense like why I, have that moment he's gonna like um, take over as batman or nightwing i honestly i honestly think that they should have called him a bat like uh, tim drake or whatever yeah because like if you want that moment of him like becoming the next batman or whatever like 95% of the audience aren't going to know Tim Drake is Robin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's like and it's it just make it makes it feel like you actually put a bit more thought into it mm-hmm. than just being like I don't know, at the end of the movie we'll say he's Robin and then he can we can have him repel into the Batcave and that's the end of the movie. Also it he's just, too short. He's too short to be Batman. He is too short. And that accent is not as no, no, nowhere near as intimidating as Batman's. I think it's safe to say. I'll put also, it on. Don't worry, I'll put it on. <laughs> he he has uh, one of my favorite dumb. Like he really gets punked out in this movie a lot. To be honest, like he spends a lot of the movie just getting beaten up by street thugs in a way that Batman wouldn't. Um, and then there's the bit where they're on the bridge and he's trying to get the kids out. Um, and and they can't because the army have been told to shoot anyone who tries to leave because otherwise the bomb will detonate. And um, 
Batman is in actually it might be Catwoman who does it but someone's got one of the bat vehicles and they like blow up the side of a building and as soon as it happens he like grabs a bunch of the children and the, the explosion of the bomb is supposedly imminent and he goes here we go what's happening and it's like that's not what a nuclear explosion looks like you fucking idiot like if it was a if the, the thing that's going to explode is a nuke you're not going to know about it when it goes off alright it's like you're immediately going to die <laughs> yeah. like they don't they don't just set off little tiny explosions in <laughs> the sides of buildings <laughs> he's awful he's just an awful character um i will say two things one thing well actually one thing about him then one then something else as well i don't think that it was realistic the way he knew who batman was i just because like <laughs> yeah. they're both orphans i know what orphans are like i know it's like I, that was really yeah. cheesy yeah. and then the other thing is that another shyamalan twist is that the bloody autopilot was fixed the whole time uh, okay so okay how do you feel about the fact that the very ending of this movie where Batman gets possession of the bomb and takes it out to sea is functionally no different than the Adam West 60s Batman where he's running around the pier with the enormous bomb looking for somewhere to put <laughs> yeah. it? <laughs> it's a reference. I'll give him that. I'd, no, I'm not joking when I say this. I think it is a reference because there's yeah. no way that they were like, Batman runs around trying to dispose of a bomb and we're like, okay, this is literally what they did in the 60s work. <laughs> All we're doing is putting a plane in this. Yeah, also like... See the I, like I know he, they were trying to lay groundwork for the big emotional thing of you know Alfred sees Bruce across the table right yeah and then like the music right I, like it's a cool moment but I when I was rewatching the film and hadn't seen it since the cinema I remembered the moment at the end I didn't remember the setup for the moment I knew there would be a setup but I didn't remember the setup and he just launches into that story for no good reason no <laughs> no good reason he just starts talking about every time when you were away. I used to go to Florence, right? And yeah. he's just he's like started telling this story out of nowhere. It's like, yeah. I, okay. It's, it's, it's very conspicuous, that story. Like, it's one of those things where, like, if you're paying attention to what the characters are saying, it's like, okay, so that's how this movie's ending then. Um, yeah. Also, Batman is like, you know, Bruce Wayne immediately goes, I'm going to have to find out where that restaurant was because if I yeah. ever go missing, I'll need to show up there for him. Like, yeah, how, did they... know that, how did he know? They don't. They don't show the bit preceding that final scene where him and Catwoman are like stressfully running around Florence with Google Maps open and like the tra- Lonely Planet guide. Like, where the fuck is this bar? He's yeah, gonna be yeah, there yeah. any minute now. Like, he's yeah. only there for one day. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, like, right? If if they've scrubbed her from all the databases, how did she leave America? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Lucius sorted her out. Like, didn't like he? He, can, jumped- he can get a fake passport. Not only that, he jumped out of the pl- of the bat plane, right? Uh, uh, you know, presumably, but he jumped out of it into the <laughs> yeah. into the water. Yeah. How did he? What did he do then? Like sneak back into the city, get just like, avoid avoiding all boat. of the cameras, getting her and saying, "Hey, I'm not actually dead. Let's go." You know, you've, okay. seen, you've seen Batman Forever, like by sea or by air. Like there's, he had a bat boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah he had it waiting there. They stowed well, away. Lucius knew. Lucius knew the whole time. That means. Yeah. Yeah. No one ever mentioned it, which doesn't make sense. Um, so the last thing I wanted to mention then, you've already touched on it, but um, coming from Inception, which has a similar ending to this in uh, that it, it tries to be a bit open-ended about the face of our hero, would you have preferred it had it not cut away to Batman um, at the end? If it had just shown Alfred looking at the camera and <coughs> kind of like nodding and then cut to credits. Yeah, I would have preferred that. I'll tell you I why. Would as well. Yeah, I told tell you why, because we we already knew that the the autopilot was fixed because they said it. 
Yeah. So I think that if I think you have to do one or the other. Yeah. You don't tell us the autopilot's fixed and then you show us him, mm-hmm. or you tell us the autopilot's fixed and then you have Alfred like this. You yeah. don't do both. I think. Th- I think it just felt look- like it's laboring the point to me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's yeah. like we know he's alive. Like you know, you don't need you. You either, as you say, like you. You could do like the mechanic being like, oh, and like kind of zoom in on like something mm-hmm. that says autopilot with some funny yeah, stuff yeah. that's gone on with it, and and then you show him because that's the reveal at the end. That's the reveal at that point. But them saying the autopilot's fixed and and it's yeah, just, well, it's and just then- telling us he's alive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like they announced Bruce is alive three times in a row. It's just it's unnecessary. This isn't fucking Return of the King. We don't need four <laughs> four endings in a row. Thank you very much, Christopher. <laughs> yeah. um, right. Okay. I mean, I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about here. Oh no, there's okay. There's one last thing, which is the best thing in this whole movie. It's the dumbest thing in this whole movie. <laughs> the bit where the cops get out from underground. Right. Batman's <laughs> done his thing on the bridge. He's set his symbol on the bridge. Gotham has risen to the challenge, and they're ready to support the Batman. And you've got all the cops. They've come out from underground. They're malnourished. They they need some sunlight, but they're all right. And then you've got all the criminals on the other end. Both groups of people are armed with guns okay just bear that in mind for what's about to happen next they have guns things that like you shoot them they fire long distances and then what happens is Matthew Modine blows a whistle and they all run at each other like it's the end of Return of the King like not the bit that I've just talked about where like he essentially turns around and says for Frodo and then they like fucking run at each other with swords what's going on in that scene like why no one fights like that it doesn't make any sense I, they had yeah like why just because it's a third big one they had to have a big <laughs> battle scene like a this big is not battle a, yeah it's, it's like what are you doing film. Yeah. <laughs> like if if they had like a separate if like what they needed to do was have all the police say like it's damp down there and it's ruined our guns and batman's like no problem we'll go to the museum and they go to the museum and they get a bunch of like swords and shit yeah. from the museum <laughs> yeah, 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 have, then do that have that as the battle scene but like just to have them running at each other literally firing pistols into the air as they run it's like, but, but also like i watch tv like i i know what america's like a- any potential of harm at all they're all there as if they're army men like yeah. so they they should have like ar-15s and stuff. oh there'd be guns fucking yeah, everywhere why why on earth are they all running with a baton with a little sidearm on, yeah. their, on their hip they should all have mach- like actual like uh military like, style guns yeah with, and literally like with full-on military kit because that's what american police are like yeah what it's, what, are, it, what is this it is outrageous and the stupidest scene in the whole movie but <laughs> i love it i i couldn't but i couldn't stop laughing when i watched that scene because i've forgotten you, about it you know what i would have loved i would have loved some some police in like riot gear in the charge like because it's yeah. like you know they're meant to be stopping it, forming like a forming like a yeah. phalanx at the front like the fucking <laughs> yeah, dwarves that, in, that in the battle good. of the three to five armies yeah. <laughs> That would be good. Yeah, little shields up, like poking their batons through, like their spears. Um, oh, they, this movie is ridiculous. I, I think that that is probably gonna gonna see us through to the end of this. I can't see anything yeah. else. So, um, very quickly then, on second or not? Oh, second, one more thing, Conrad. One more thing. Got, go, go on, go on. I'll let you get <laughs> Liam Neeson's Liam Neeson's appearance as Mufasa. Oh yeah, yeah. We do get a, we do get Mufasa Neeson popping up uh, to to taunt Batman in the uh, in the in, in the pit. Liam Neeson got his paycheck. So so did Killian Murphy actually. We didn't mention him, but he yeah, got his yeah, paycheck yeah. as well. Um, he, he paid a fair few Irish actors in this one actually, didn't he? Aidan Gillen, Killian Murphy, Liam Neeson. I mean, There's probably others. 
take the bank, boy. Yeah, doing well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, right. Okay. Ratings then. First time watching this in like 15 years. What are you rating it? How are you feeling about it? I'm going to rate it. F- We're going to do half stars, so it'll be a four. Nope. It's not as good as The Dark Knight. Four um, bloody stars. Okay. It is four stars. Come on. It's, you're saying three. It's not three. It's not. It's three. a three. Uh, I think this is a three star movie. Like nah. I think. No. I think this is worse than Batman Begins, and Batman Begins is a four star movie. Yeah, but. <sighs> But see that the problem with that Conrad is right that that style of um of rating saying that you know because because it's worse than Batman Begins it has to be three star mm. how you how on earth are you gonna rate out of five stars the Fast and the Furious movies I just give them one because <laughs> like, give, more, more than... give more one and be done with it yeah, <laughs> yeah well that's what I mean so Batman Begins and the Dark Knight Rises can both be four and that's what I'm doing. No, I, I refuse. I refuse to accept that. I'll, like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride this flawed racing system all the way into the ground. Um, but yes, that is gonna do it for us here. I think uh, on the best movie podcast ever, which is going to lead us to answer one simple question, as we always do, and that is, Anthony, what's your favorite movie this week? My favorite movie this week. It's been a while. But it's definitely We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> I said The Dark Knight again, because all this movie did was make me miss The Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. Remember those good, remember those days? The good old days of 2008 before Christopher Nolan fucked it all up? Um, oh, I say that. It's not an awful movie. It's just not one of his best either. Um, but yes, that is going to do it for us here on the Best Movie Podcast ever. So thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song. You can find links to their stuff down in the description below. And thank you to you for persevering and sticking with us. Sorry we've gone long, or if you've enjoyed it, you're welcome for us going long. Um, yeah, yeah. Please consider subscribing if you're not already. Uh, we're the Best Movie Podcast ever on podcasting apps, and we are The Culture Cave on YouTube. Get involved in the comments. Let us know how much you hated The Dark Knight Rises, because let's be honest, no one likes this movie apart from Anthony. <laughs> you like it too I do like it I'm, play- I'm, I'm playing the character I'm playing the character better um, character than Catwoman <laughs> yeah, yeah it's definitely true um, not as good a character as Matthew Modine and his whistles though <laughs> uh, but we will see you same time same place next week <laughs>